What are you recording? What up, everybody? Welcome back to the BA Podcast. This is where we give you no-nonsense arguments mixed with an agglomeration of nonsense from my brother over here. (laughs) Definitely is a word. Mm -hmm. This is where we talk about sports, outdoors, life, all kinds of important things, and where we show how Christ is the center of all. Yep, boom, whether you like it or not. I am your host, Jordan, and this inanimate object over here is called Zach. It's a condition. Inanimacy? <laughs> that, is that a word? I, pre- <laughs> I prefer slothfulness, but yeah, oh, you could use okay. that too. Hey, do you know what atoms are? A-T-O-M. They're like the smallest unit of matter. Uh-huh. Did you know that all atoms are Roman Catholics? They're all Roman Catholics? Yeah, did you know that? I did not, no. Do you know why? I mean, I didn't know that, so I don't think I'd know why either. Well, it's because all atoms have mass. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were going to go there. Don't laugh, Zach. (laughs) I'm trying not to. Your jokes are just top-notch. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep, yep. Well, with that introduction... you know what today shows? You about, sound Jordan? like a boring radio host today. Uh, you said I should try to be more boring. Why do you have no? Because I was stealing the show from you. Why do? You, why are you like not animated today? You're just like boring, monotone Zach. I just told you. You said I was stealing the show from you, so I decided to. When did I say you were stealing the show from me? You just did right now. You're a liar. No, I just heard you. It's recorded. I never, I never said that you stole the show from me. <laughs> You're so full of it. We're, have to, we're gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> I didn't bring this up. Wait, I asked you a question. Do you know what today's show is about? Uh, theology. Well, you're definitely you like that. You're definitely animated about today's show. Yeah, Jordan. Um, theology is the study of all people named Theo, right? That's what I prepared for. Yeah, me too. Sweet. This is gonna be a sweet show. I watched so much Cosby Show to prepare for this. <laughs> is that the only Theo you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, no, for real. Today's show is about theology. Uh, we're going to cover what theology is, not the study of Theo, as in the, a person named Theo. Um, so I have to throw out all my notes. Yeah, you should probably get some different notes. It's going to be a short show. It's just going to be me monologuing again. Uh, we're going to go over why it's important and how we can engage in theology in our own lives and every day. Um, speaking of which, I was looking at some old news stories and I was... I saw how other people had engaged in theology oh, in their really? own life. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate this because you like um, sad and depressing news stories. So uh, this one, this one, the headline was, um, where's your God now? Man faces 126 years in prison for killing his friend after an alcohol and cocaine fueled argument <laughs> over the existence of God. <laughs> what? So a couple things. That sounds things. like a good theological discussion. Well, well, maybe a couple of things. We need more alcohol and cocaine in here so oh, that we can that, have a good discussion um apparently like, like we both get alcohol and cocaine or you get one and i get one it helped so much one of them actually met god that day <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a deadly concoction the, right there the other not the theology <laughs> part <laughs> <laughs> the other ingredient was apparently they were also playing video games and so yeah a night of drinking, doing drugs, and playing video games led to... Uh, and talking about God. Talking about God. Yeah. Led to uh, an encounter with God. <laughs> in 126 years in prison. Yeah. Yeah. 126 years. Yeah. Interesting. Which, I don't know, I guess you have to weigh the pros and cons of that I've one. never had the desire to kill somebody after talking about God. Of course, I've never done cocaine either, so I wouldn't know. Maybe 
you should. Nah, I'll pass. You'll pass on that? No, yeah. But you'll do the alcohol, and then we'll get to the, the sure. discussion on yeah. God? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where's my beer? You were supposed to bring me a beer. I was going to, but then I realized that I don't care that much about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, I have an amazing theological question for you. Oh, you do? Or should we define theology first? I mean, I don't know what your question is. But if you're serious about that, then maybe we should define... Well, let's define theology first, okay. and then I'll ask you my amazingly in-depth, vital question. I, I'm sensing a little I bit have of sarcasm. To know, I have to know the answer to this, but let's let's define theology okay. first before okay. we get so, into that. So, yeah, what is theology? What what do you think theology is? The study of all people named Theo. No, we already went over this. That's, <laughs> that is not what it means. Dang it, Zach. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the dictionary totally guy. Ruining, you're totally ruining this show. Well, I'm probably ruining everyone else's experience, too, because they... What do you mean I'm the dictionary guy? All people should read the dictionary. All people? Yes. Why? Because it defines words. That's what a dictionary is. (laughs) What if they don't know what dictionary means? I'm not looking up the definition of dictionary, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) But if they don't know what it means, how are they going to know to look in one? Theology is the study of God, right? I mean, that's what I've heard. That's my understanding. That's your understanding? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want the actual definition, I can read that. But you're really good at The study that. of religious faith, practice, and experience. Except that I don't necessarily know we're talking about all of those things. So, And I would add that it's also the study of God's relation to the world. Sure, yeah. I mean, an easy way to remember is, is any word with ology put on it just means the study of whatever that word is. So you have like... Biology right. is the study of life. Right. And proctology, which is how you study to administer exams. What? That doesn't make any sense. That was that was a terrible joke. You suck at jokes. <laughs> oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> no one's going to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think. If they don't get it, they can go look it up and learn something. Google search it with safe search off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zach. Yeah. That's that's our contribution to the ology words. Do you know any good ology words? Zoology. Uh, what's the demonology? Study? Study of zoos. Cornology. That's not a word. It's the study of corn. You just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> At least I use real words. <laughs> you can't just arbitrarily add ology to any word you want. Yeah, you can, because it's the study of whatever the word is that you added it to. Isn't that how it works? So Jordanology. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's how it works. Well, I think theology is important and I think you do too. And yeah. I I would say it's important because it's literally unavoidable as a Christian. I don't think it's just unavoidable as a Christian. I think it's unavoidable as anybody. The, yeah, that's a good point. That's what I meant to say. Because <laughs> you meant to if say I was as my smart points. as you. <laughs> if I was as smart as you, that's what I would have said. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that statement 100%. But seriously, it's unavoidable for anybody because no matter what you do or who you are, you've come to some idea right. of who God is. Right, because because theology is is thinking about who God is, and not only that, but what it means if God exists or he doesn't exactly. exist. Exactly. So you're already engaging in, in theology. Yeah. Every everyone engages in theology. It's 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 literally inescapable. Whether you think you do or you don't. I mean, I think a lot of people think theology is just for experts. With, the, what we call theologians, you know, the philosophers. It's not really 
something the everyday person right. does. Right, or if you're even living a certain way because of a belief system, you're engaging in, in theology, right? It, yeah. It, and it's not a question of whether we will engage in theology. It's more of a question of how, how solid is our theology or how true it is or how false it is, too. Exactly, yeah. I totally agree with that. Because, like you said, even if you're atheistic or agnostic, you've already come to a idea of right, a who, who God is, even if it's a negative that he doesn't exist or we don't know if he can exist. That's still studying God, and then that has implications for your life. Right. So, But I think our purpose on this show today is to, is to apply it to life as Christians, right? Yes. Yes, because obviously we are Christians, but that's a distinct theology right different things but that's where we're coming from and i think that's also the only sound place to come from as well which is another rabbit hole to get into right for sure what your starting point is for your theology but basically it's so important because it's unavoidable so everyone does it that's why it's important so you should be conscious about that you should think about that and not just passively engage in whatever theology you are engaging in Something that Sproul, R.C. Sproul says I think is really good is that the purpose of theology is not to tickle our intellects, but to instruct us in the ways of God so that we can grow up into maturity and fullness of obedience to him. What if you want just a little bit of tickling? Tickling of your intellect? Yeah. Why? What if, what if it is interesting? I mean, that's what he means by tickling your intellect, I'm assuming. Sure, yeah. Can you have an intellectual tickle fight? <laughs> I don't know how that would work. It's <laughs> a great theological question, Zach. We, we, well, that's it. Our whole show is now about theological tickling. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's it's his point is sound. I'm just saying that I don't think that it's bad if it does interest you. Sure, yeah. And uh, I think he's you, just trying to get to the. I think Sproul's trying to get to the, what the basics of theology is, right? Yeah. From a practical aspect. And I think a lot of people engage in it just for the mental exercise and how interesting it is. And they're not actually approaching it from a practical standpoint of, is this true? And how does that affect right. me they my want life? Right. They want a mental orgasm instead of oh. actually having to <laughs> change your life. Is that a real Did thing? Did you like that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. It sounds good. <laughs> is, is that so after a certain amount of mental tickling does it result in an orgasm i think this conversation is going downhill but i have so many questions <laughs> <laughs> your your analogy is just another ology word just gets me did you know that the first french fries weren't actually cooked in france that is a random segue yeah they were cooked in greece <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good I, are these the ones that tickle your intellect yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they do. theology doesn't tickle your intellect just dumb jokes <laughs> <laughs> no but back to back to why theology is important i think that in tune with the fact that everybody engages in theology it also is the most important question in your life whether god exists or not and since everyone already comes to some answer to that that they've formulated that should be the most important thing that you debate, argue within yourself, with others that you come sure. to understanding is is who God is. And, and that's only accomplished through theology, the study of God. Sure. Because that has the most implications for your life. Do you think, though, that you can actually debate and discuss theology with other people if you aren't studying it yourself, though? I would because if you don't yeah. have ground to stand yeah. on, 
this kind of gets back then you're to, probably flying <laughs> <laughs> this this kind of gets back to our argument episode right where if you don't have a solid foundation if you aren't knowledgeable in whatever the discussion is you don't want to have the discussion to begin with you shut down yeah but that doesn't mean you necessarily shouldn't engage you just need to know your own limitations if we're making the case that everybody already engages in it in some degree everyone somehow has Wouldn't you be a fool to engage in a discussion about something you don't know anything about it depends it depends upon whether Unless you're zach <laughs> <laughs> i know enough about what I don't know to make a good enough case. No, I'm saying, I, I, if you're saying it from the standpoint of giving an opinion on something you don't know about, to, to one degree, everyone has an opinion on everything. It, it's kind of true. But, but if you're engaging in a discussion to learn more, I don't, even if you don't know and you're up front that you don't know, you can still think critically about things even if you don't know a lot of the details about it. So if someone comes to you and... I agree, but I don't think most people do that. I think that when most people say they believe something, but they don't really know why, when they're engaged in a conversation about that, or someone tries to engage them in a conversation about that, I don't think that they want to because they feel threatened. Sure. I, I think that's how most people approach theological discussions, theological debates. And I guess what I'm getting at is I think that's why it's important as Christians that we that we are studying theology in the various ways that we do that, to be able to engage the world, engage other Christians, and to constantly be seeking a better relationship with God. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying that I think even if you don't know a lot about it, engaging in discussion is sometimes a way to learn more about it. Because you can ask questions. You can... Yeah, I would agree and, with and that. And so I, yeah. would, I would encourage someone, even if they don't know a lot about it, to still engage in discussions because you still want to think critically and, and find out some of the best ways to find out what you don't know about something is to engage in discussion. So then there, there you find what you do need to go study. What, what suppositions do you have that you haven't uncovered yet? Because if you don't engage at all, or you only wait till you've figured it all out, you won't know what you need to figure out. That's true. Yeah. So I, but yeah, I think that a lot of people don't know. And so they don't, I, I agree that that's, that's a turnoff for people. And, and so I would say, don't, Kind of tied into our, our argument show where people are afraid of arguing that it's got those bad connotations. Then you've got, you throw theology into the mix, which a lot of people don't know much about. And it's intimidating because it seems like it's something only for the experts. I think if you combine those things, that adds to a lot of people being afraid of getting into theological debates, along with the fact that there's a lot of controversy over a lot of theological debates. Right. There's a lot of division. And I think some of the things you're saying as far as studying theology through discussions with other people, I think that's very applicable to especially new Christians, right? Because they're very curious. They want to know more. And why is that? Because they desire to have a relationship with God. They have that They have that internal desire. And so through discussion with other Christians and people, they can, they can formulate theological views, right? But I think that that's prevalent in especially new Christians and, and also Christians who don't have the pride wall in the way, right? The pride wall. What Christian doesn't have a pride wall? Uh, I mean, we're is all sinners, like, is right? Is that like the but, border wall? No. Oh. Oh, where it has, it's full of holes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just not even completed. And there's a caravan well, going around it. Well, right who isn't guilty of having pride? But I guess what I'm getting at is there's some Christians who are so proudful of what they believe that they don't even want to have a discussion with other people about opposing viewpoints, right? Or their discussion or, is just telling them why you're or, right. Or they say, well, I believe this. 
and they don't really understand why, but they're, they're so proudful of what they believe that they don't want to engage in the why. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, but pride, pride's a tricky thing because pride can come out in the way you're saying Coming it. from the expert himself. Oh, you know, that's right. I basically, when you look up pride in the dictionary, my name's right there. <laughs> <laughs> but pride can come out in in humility too or or fake humility not real real humility humility is obviously the opposite of pride but some people can in not engaging or not getting into discussions because oh i don't want to be prideful of what i believe can just be as prideful because they're either afraid of what people will think or they're proud of not getting into those engagements and so it comes out as as fake humility in a sense pride's tricky it's like it, it comes out in success we normally think of it as success that the people that are the best at something, they're like, oh, I'm the best at this. And that we think of that as pride. Well, people going through trials, pride also comes out too because you, it comes out in thinking that you should have a better life than what you're getting. Oh, one, one way I think uh, Tim Keller dis- defined pride is, a, is cosmic plagiarism. Plagiarism, oh, I can't talk. <laughs> but it's a deep sense of oddness. So if you're successful... You think you're owed that success because you put in all the work. And if you're not successful, you think you're owed a better life. And both of them have the same root problem being owed. And so I'm just saying pride is tricky. It can come out in someone being like, I want to tell you I'm right. Well, Zach, I would say that you have pride. I just have confidence. Oh, is that that your word for pride? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So confidence can be mislabeled as pride, right? Or vice versa as well. Yes, Yes, and, and that would come out in not everyone who thinks they're right is is coming from a prideful standpoint. Right. Being right, right doesn't make you prideful. Right. Because God's right, and he's not prideful. Right. So theology is important for not just Christians, but everyone, because everyone practices it. Yeah. What are, what are some ways that we can study theology? I mean, in just a very general sense and i and we're going to get into some more detailed ways but in a just general sense because we're all we're making the case that everyone studies theology by virtue of having come to some understanding of god well god has created everything so in a very general sense everything you study in some way shape or form is actually studying god because by virtue partially of him having created it you're finding something out about god and what he created and also, by virtue of creating it, he also governs them and whatever it is and decrees how we should use things. Right. So you're still finding out of God. I mean, there's a saying, it's all truth is God's truth. There's a certain truth to that, <laughs> not to be too redundant. But so you could study biology and it's the study of life, the human body, and God created that. So you're finding something out about God right. in studying that. So in a very general sense... Anything you study can be a study of God. Including atheism? Yeah. Because God made the atheist. Did you know that atheism is a nonprofit organization? <laughs> <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> I do like that one. <laughs> and I could see somebody saying, well, study anything, you're studying God, and bring up something horrible. In a very real sense, even sinful actions... God regulates those by saying no. So you can still, there's still something of God to be learned and you don't need to go experience that 
Right, but the way, God still has something to say about it. Right, the it. way we act and the things we do, I think, are evidence of where our theology is and where our theology stands and how sure. true it is or how false it is. Sure. And just application as Christians, right, the way that we worship God is is a sign of, of, of our theology as well, right? And so everything from, like, what our church looks like, our liturgy, how we pray, mm-hmm. what songs we sing, those are all evidence of our theology. Yeah, I agree. And who who God is and what he requires of you are in the realm of theology because you're the study of God. And so who you're worshiping and how it looks, like you're saying, would come out in your theology. So it's a, it's right. a working out of your theology. So if you, for example, one of the doctrines of the Christian God is that it's Trinitarian. And the Trinity is a very hard concept to get and we're not even going to scratch the surface or even attempt to really here. But one of the interesting things you can that comes out of that is it's unique to Christianity. And what makes it unique is it's saying God is one God in three persons, which is different than like the Muslim God, Allah, which is just one God, one monotheistic God. And because it's not three persons, you cannot say that the essence of that God is love, but Christians can. Right. And so that influences how you worship him and what you do. Mm-hmm. And so your theology comes out. So you need to know your theology to know who your God is so that you can worship him right and also share him with others. That's Those are two marks of Christianity is worshiping God and then sharing him with others. And if you right. don't know who God is, how can you do either of those? Right. You can do and, either well. Right. And you already kind of presented a broad spectrum of studying theology, basically the study of everything, anything we can think of is is essentially a, a, a theology. Yeah. But some specific ways to like Christians that we can list out to study theology sure. would be first and foremost, I would say the Bible, scripture, yeah. right? Divine yeah. revelation of God. Yeah. You, you You've got to start there. Everything else in a certain sense, not that this inherently makes it bad, and I'm not going to address, I can hear a contradiction about even the Bible being created by man, but everything else is created by man, not divine revelation. And so it's got to start with the Bible. The Bible's got to be your ultimate authority because that those are God's words. And so not that there's other ways to study theology, but that's got to be your number one. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did, I think that I think that pretty much puts an end to anyone who says that theology or doctrines are unimportant. Yeah. That's it's a, a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. Boom. God plays that's basketball. A, that's a wrap. He better... Actually, no, then that would mean he'd probably beat me every time. (laughs) (laughs) So in line with this and why we need the Bible to be our authority on this is I think with what we're saying of everyone's doing theology, I think one of the pitfalls is that we're doing theology in everything and can even happen in how we approach the Bible, but that what ends up happening more often than not is people end up making a God of their own making instead of letting the God who is reveal himself to you. And what happens when you have a God of your own making is you have a God who can't contradict you. We talked a bit about this in how arguing is good. And so that's why you need to have the God of the Bible and the objective God that you're studying in theology, not a God of your own making, which I think is real easy to do because we take the parts we like and we get rid of the parts we don't. Right. I think that we should 
we should have the desire to let God reshape our lives to be to be in a relationship with him, right? Yeah. Part part of being in a relationship with someone is always being open to learning more about them, even if you've known them for years. Even if you've been a Christian for years, there's still a million more things that we could learn about somebody. And we should desire to know who God is and, and always be looking for more and more things we can learn about God and ways to restructure our life around him. Yeah, I mean, I think most Christians talk about Christianity being a personal relationship with God. But I think they're also afraid of it being a personal relationship. Because like you're saying, any personal relationship, you have to... They're afraid of having to change something exactly. in their life and or, or get rid of a exactly. sin that they And think doing. about any relationship you're in. You can't have a relationship that's just on your terms. Right. You can't go to someone and say, hey, I want to have a relationship with you. We're going to do things my way. You're going to meet me at this time, at this place, and there's no regard for the other person. You have to, to adjust to the other person. And so the same is true of God in, in a more real sense. And so you need to adjust to how God wants you to live your life to have a personal relationship with him, which is crazy because the gospel too is that in a very real sense, God also adjusted to us because God came as a man and died for us to take our sin. Right. So there's, it's not just in one way of us just adjusting to him, but he adjusted to us in a most, in a, in a radical way as well. Right. And kind of getting back to why it's important to study theology and maybe some of the different ways, like reading the Bible, having discussions, having discussions with people, um, studying uh, the historical aspect, like the creeds and councils of the ancient church and works by various theologians even today. And yeah. Also studying how the church has handled crisis times in the past, like heresies and things. I think it's so important, and we see evidence of the disappearance of studying theology in in the modern day church. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I Basically, mean, I, I would I would say that's where such a pragmatic view of Christianity comes from. Yeah, I think I don't think it's a disappearance so much in one sense. I I, I know it's not quite what you're saying. I think it's it's just a a furtherance of a distinct kind of theology. Sure. And I and I think that theology is... Disappearance of a true or rock-solid yeah, theology. Yeah, true. It's almost more of a theology that theology doesn't matter as much. Right, because, because the pragmatic approach to Christianity is essentially you sacrifice truth a lot of times. You sacrifice sound theology. Well, what's, what's pragmatic for, mean? I mean... Well, I'm telling you. Oh, it's, just, <laughs> it's basically. It's basically. I should just wait. It's basically <laughs> sacrificing truth and quality for whatever you you perceive as an achievement or result, right? So if you have a church that all they're worried about is getting people in the door and having a massive amount of people in their church, they're going to water down. They're going to water down worship. They're going to conform more to society and culture in order to engage more people, because in their mind, that's the achievement that they're wanting. Right. So, so it's a sacrifice of quality and craftsmanship to achieve a specific goal that they perceive as success. And that goal is more people is what you're saying. That's one. that could be yeah. one of them. And so the pra you're saying pragmatic is, is what is a practical approach to achieve a goal, right? Instead of adhering to what God says and what the truth is, right? What if they think that what God says is reach as many people as you can? Which he does. That doesn't necessarily... Yes, but let's... Mm -hmm. uh, I heard a good example once. So 
let's say someone is a missionary to a tribe in Africa, mm -hmm. right? And they've labored hard. They they've labored hard for for decades, yeah. and they've only gotten a handful of people to actually turn to Christ. Sure. Does that mean because they don't have perceived results, right? They don't have hundreds of people coming to Christ. That what he is doing is wrong if he's following the Bible, preaching truth. Does that mean what he's doing is wrong? Does it mean that no. his approach to it is wrong? No. I would say no. Yeah. So just because you're, you're, you're not getting hundreds of people in the door doesn't mean that you sacrifice preaching truth to achieve that result. You're, you're saying that you can't measure your success just purely with numbers. Correct. Because it's more... And it could be people, it could be money, you know, yeah, it could whatever. be outreach programs. Your, your standard of success, you're saying, is how obedient you are to God. The truth. Right. The truth of God. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would, I would, would totally agree with that. Because at, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And... If you're converting people to a false view of God, it's it's in one sense a false God. And so why would you convert them to that? You want to convert them to God and right living. And so your theology should work out that way as well in how you do right. your church and how you witness to people. Right. So I was just kind of trying to yeah. tie that back into that, that your theology is displayed in how you worship God. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think that a lot of people's theology is come by in a more passive sense, meaning they don't, aren't actively out thinking about it. Right. I think it comes, a lot of times it comes from how you're raised or who you grew up with, those types of things, the influences of your family or friends. And it's not so much an active thought on I'm doing theology. And I, I think a lot of times it does become that, especially as you get more. But I think there's a lot of times, especially in people that are raised in a lot of what you would say more traditional families, a lot of that you just believe it because that's how you were raised. Right. I think that's a that's a temptation of a lot of, you know, Christians that yeah. were raised in Christian households is they just believe what they believe because that's how their parents raised them. Yeah. And maybe their parents didn't really instill uh, the reasonings behind it. They just know that this is what they believe. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that it's wrong for parents, really of any religion, I would say, other than the fact that I think that any religious besides Christianity is wrong. But I don't think it's wrong for parents to raise their kids in what they believe. Right. But they need to do it, like what you're saying about the reasons, they need to do it in a way that gives them the reasons for it. So I that, think that they need to have a defense of it, too. That That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, there's a time when you have to make it your own. And so you need to know the reasons why. You need to know how to think and stuff that it's, that you can weigh the options. Not that not that belief is just a simple thing of faith. Uh, not faith. It is a simple thing of faith. <laughs> but of reason. I mean, it's more than reason. But there's nothing wrong with raising kids Christian. You should. But you sh it shouldn't be done from a standpoint of you believe it just because we're raising you that way. Because that's actually a fallacy. The genetic fallacy or the fallacy of origin says something's either true or false just because of where it came from. So if you're saying that you believe something just because you were raised that way, that's not a reason to believe it. That's actually not necessary because someone could say just as much, you put two completely, you have an atheism, atheist and a Christian, they both raise their kids different ways. Should the Does that make it true just because they were raised? No, you got two completely no. opposing views. You need to, to weigh those based on their own merit, right. not just because you were raised a certain way. Right. And you can't also discredit something just because you are raised a certain way either you need to find objective truth which is what god is that's why you can't have a god of your own making what about natural theology are there 
clues around us. Is that opposed to unnatural theology? No, I'm talking about natural theology as in nature, everything around us that God created. Like, if I'm a nature lover, is that what you're talking about? Well, we've talked about different ways to study theology, and, and so I was asking you, like, what about natural theology? Can we study theology by observing our surroundings? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I mean, Romans 1 says that what can be known of God, what can be known of God is clearly evident in creation, even as eternal Godhead. So I think you, and you also have humans made in the image of God. How, how could you not see that God is there by looking around you? I don't know if it always can lead to specifics all the time. I think that's where no. you need special revelation. But but you absolutely yeah, that's can where know. Scripture comes in. Yeah, you absolutely can know about God through creation, though, because it was created. It's the same thing as if you find a clock in the woods. It'll tell you something about its designer by studying the clock. It won't tell you everything. And if he wrote you a autobiography, that would be an even better way to learn about him. Well, the reason that I like I like the idea of natural theology is that that God's revealed himself to us in in many ways, not just the Bible, but I would say through nature as well, because because God created an an orderly creation, right? An orderly cosmos. So his character is revealed through the things that he's created. He's not the author of confusion because he's never confused. So we can see evidence of God's character through these amazing creations around us and just studying yeah. science. Yeah, I don't know like, how I don't know how you could study science and not see a designer. Unless I, you're blind. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, blind, the blind scientists I usually don't trust quite as much. The devil is a better theologian than any of us, and he's Ooh. still the devil. Ooh. That's uh what are you trying to say there, Jordan? <laughs> is this back to your demonology? Opening up, keep opening up another can of worms. Uh, Jordan, we're trying to encourage people to study theology, and you drop that? I mean, your point is accurate that just studying it doesn't always mean you end up with the right conclusions, but we want people to study theology. It's a good thing. We got to get to the elephant in the room. The, the great uh -oh. theological question I okay. had that I've been... This this is what keeps you up at I've night? I've been struggling over this. Okay. A lot of mental ready? anguish. Sure, sure. Did Adam have a belly button? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what keeps you up at night? Yes. Most people are... It's very important. Are, how could God allow... A good God allow suffering? What's the purpose in life? And you're, did, you're sitting there in bed. <laughs> did he? Did he have one? So, so what you're saying is you don't have an answer for me? Oh, I always have an answer. What's you your know answer? Me. Uh, no. <laughs> you <do not. laughs> and you can take that to the bank. So so Adam was unique. He didn't have a belly button. Yeah, you can say that. I I think maybe Eve didn't either. I think maybe. You, I think you can make a good case for that too. Maybe. Does this mean you can sleep at night again? I heard this really funny joke. You did? Yeah. I did. So, so in... <laughs> So this like six-year-old kid was in Sunday school and he was learning about how Eve was made from a rib of Adam, right? Okay. Well, later on that day, his mom found him laying on the couch and he said, well, yeah, my side hurts. Mm -hmm. And he pointed to his rib area and he goes, mom, I, I think I'm going to have a wife. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> uh, so in summary, theology is the study of God. And everybody engages in it at some level. It's inescapable. Who God is and what you believe about him is and should be the most important and relevant question in your life and for your life. And we should explore that further by reading the Bible, 
asking questions, thinking critically, and engaging others, and in listening to shows like this one. Yeah, guys, you can find us on our website, brothersargue.com. We're also on Podbean, Spotify now, and Apple Podcasts. What? Hopefully we'll be on Google Podcasts soon, but no one listens to Google Podcasts anyways. Their app sucks. <laughs> Hopefully they don't kick us off for that. That's why we're not on Google That's Podcasts, because right. <laughs> you're out here bashing us. Thanks, guys. Share our show. Like us on Facebook. You know, I'm starting to like these shameless plugs. So remember, even if someone is like Jordan and gets their theology from the flying spaghetti monster, <laughs> that alone doesn't make him wrong. That'll wrap it up, everyone. Till next time, love God and go have a disagreement with somebody. Argue more. Boom.